everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Impossible Until Possible podcast. Today, I am very excited to have Victoria Taylor with me, who is a unique guest, definitely something I haven't had on the podcast before, but definitely something that I want on the podcast because I want to pick her brains for my benefit more than anything. Uh, she works in the hospitality industry and she helps brands create better experiences for guests. Uh, Victoria's obviously going to dive into this a lot more and give us a lot more content around that. But first and foremost, Victoria, thank you very much for being with me. Thank you for having me and inviting me on the show as well. No problem. So just like most of my podcasts, whenever I have a guest on, uh, do you want to just give the audience a bit of a background, who you are and what you do and basically how you got into it in the first place? Yeah, so a bit of a background. So I've, I've actually always been in hospitality since um, I left university, actually prior to university. So I've, I've done waitressing, um, I've worked behind bars, I've worked in hotels. Um, I used to play the piano in a hotel at one point. So I've kind of done all these like different roles within the hospitality industry as I've gone along. And then I worked for the cooperative travel where I was designing um, like bespoke experiences there. So like tailor-made packages. Um, and then after that, I went on to a company called, have you heard of Venture Photography? They're like um, photography studios. Okay. Uh, I started working with them in like um, a brand partnerships capacity. So I was pairing together complementary brands to improve customers' experiences with the Venture brand, which is kind of where a part of my work forms now. And um, then I started my consultancy coming on for 10 years ago now. So this is my ninth year now. Um, and I have been helping hotels and luxury brands to create brilliant standout unique customer and guest experiences for the last x amount of years and yeah that's that's a basic and short background yeah i, I can tell from your voice you're very passionate about this <laughs> i am indeed but the thing is like if you're not passionate about something then why why do you do it right you yeah. you've got to love what you do yeah yeah for sure so um obviously majority of probably my listeners are in the short-term rental space as opposed to hotel space, although I know we will have people who own hotels. Um, do you also consult for those type of uh, business models as well as just the hotels? Yeah, I do. I've worked with a number of short-term rentals, um, and they have tended to be the more unique rentals as well, people that are a bit zany and crazy in their ideas. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a similar kind of principle, but you're just working in a different capacity. So whereas in a hotel, I'm trying to give you an example here, whereas in a hotel, you might be creating um, experiences internally with a hotel, with um, a short-term rental, it's a really good way to sort of collaborate with outside vendors and like local um, restaurants and um, experience providers and so it's just a slight adaptation of how you work it but yeah it's it's absolutely applicable yeah and in terms of I guess the host or if you, if you were to go into a business um, that operates in the short-term rental space what would be the first things that you kind of are looking for and you know how would you kind of go about your analysis and then what would generally be the the, the baseline recommendations to improve well, I can't give you the baseline recommendations, obviously, without an example. But I think I think one of the the main things is that for for anyone that works in accommodation or short term rentals, you're in general thinking in service delivery rather than thinking about humans, right? And and how human beings operate. And I think very often we hear like customer journey, right? I'm sure you've heard that so many times. It's yeah. all about like customer journey. How do we take customer on X, Y, and Z journey? But actually, like as human beings, we're not 
operating in that respect so if you think about your life now I'm going to give you like an activity if you think about your life from the day you were born and I said to you Ryan can you just like recall your entire life for me up until now you probably go what I can't I can't recall the entire journey of my life up until now but if I asked you to think about certain moments in your life like for example what was one of your proudest moments or what was one of those moments that made you really elated or there was a moment that made you really sad you'd probably be able to recall things like graduations the birth of children it could have been the death of a relative that was a really sad moment so yeah. it's very easy for us to pick out those standout moments because they're, that's how we operate as humans. They're, they're in our brains. So when as businesses, we try and put humans into models where it's journeys, we don't operate in that way. We, we respond well to moments that are created for us. And as consumers, we have like 20,000 of them a day, right? So this is a moment that we're having here today. Um, we're having a moment here on this podcast. The next part of the conversation will be another moment. When you go to your door, you might see the postman. That will be another moment. You'll walk down the street. You'll interact with a brand or someone who gives you a flyer for a restaurant. That will be another moment. And as humans, we have like 20,000 of them as a day, right? So as brands, to capture attention, we need to stand out in those 20,000 moments. So when we're thinking in service delivery and service design, we're not actually thinking about how we can initially capture that attention and spark that attention in a way that humans best respond to. So the first and foremost thing for anyone is trying to change their thinking, to shift from that journey thinking to how can we think in moments so we can really tap into how humans behave and how humans consume us as brands. Okay, <laughs> that makes total sense. Makes <laughs> in my head, thinking, how can I apply this to my business? So basically, what we're saying is, we, we we need to like anything. We need to stop the scrollers. So if we've got to wow them with something straight out the gate, and I think um, you know we see it, especially in our game. Everyone advertises on the same platform in a very yeah. standard way, and you know. So what we're kind of saying here is we need to stand out first and foremost. And then do you then dig into the, I know you talk about the journey there, but there is a process from a guest making a booking to a guest leaving and potentially returning. For sure. You, 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 I'm assuming you create these moments at every step of that process. You're exactly right, yeah. So it's every step of that process. It's like, first of all, quite right, like you say, how do we stop the scroll? And then, you know, one of those single moments isn't enough. We have to have repeat moments with a brand. You know, it's all about building trust, isn't it? So one single moment isn't enough to stand out amongst all of your competitors. So it's like, okay, well, what's the content that you're putting out? What's the story that you're telling? What's the engagement and interaction that you're having with someone? When someone goes from social media to your website, is it a consistent story? Then when they decide that they're going to book, what happens at that point? Once they've had a booking confirmation, does everything go quiet until they come for stay? Or are there interactive moments in between booking confirmation and stay? Do you send a physical pack through the post? Is there something that is absolutely mind-blowing for your guests? They go, I can't wait to go on that trip. I can't wait to stay in that place. And in the majority of cases, the answer is no. But actually that stage between booking to stay is this whole beautiful period of time called the pre-experience where guests anticipate their stay. And that anticipatory experience is almost as exciting, if not more exciting sometimes than the experience itself. And it's also the time where you can get buyer's remorse as well, where people regret a purchase. So I, I, like it baffles me how 
a few people take advantage of that period of time and it's booking confirmation and then it's just arrival at property, you know? Yeah, yeah. So would you say that um, your service model probably works better for somebody offering a tourism stay over, say, for example, a lot of my UK business comes from traveling professionals, traveling contractors? Yeah. Um, No, not at all. I think, you know, I think we're seeing an absolute blur between business and leisure now as well. You know, we talk a lot about like um, workations. It's called leisure. There's there's so many different, you know, connotations of the word, aren't there? I don't think at all because I think all travel and all stays are travel. It's just circumstantial as to what the person is doing, whether they're there for tourism, whether they're there for leisure, whether they're there for work. You know, that's all relative. We can still make and impact the experience irrespective of what the person is there for and we should be doing that we should be first and foremost stages of experience because whether somebody is coming for work on this occasion they might come for a leisure stay next time or they might come for something that combines the two the time after so we're continuously making experiences great so they don't just think about this time or next time they think about every time so that really doesn't matter about you know whether it's work or leisure yeah Makes total sense. And I think, um, you know, we, we always talk about, and it's something I talk to my students about all the time, is kind of how much money is left on the table by not just reaching out to your current guests. Um, I think, you know, there's no doubt what you're suggesting and what you would do for companies would sweep up that money, I guess. But putting my CEO head on, it's a case of, okay, well, we do all these nice things, what is obviously the impact on the bottom line? And I think ultimately um, you're always balancing that act of creating an amazing experience, but ultimately you've got to make sure that you're making profit and moving forward. So as a CEO, if you know we're sitting down here as a consultation, I'd be instantly, that's, that's what I'm instantly thinking is, okay, this all sounds amazing, but what's going to be the impact on the bottom line? And I think... Um, that would be one thing that I would want to understand. And I think the question that I would then put back to you is what impact would it make if you don't? Because we live in an experience economy, right? And we live in a time where experiences are are the absolute currency. You know, people are favoring experiences over things. It isn't just in hospitality. You know, you have luxury brands creating experience. You have every brand creating experiences. And I think like, if you're not invested in experience and you're purely thinking of bottom line, you're not going to be attractive to anyone as you go down the line because how many thousands and millions and billions of accommodation providers are there all around the world that are all vying for that same attention? If you're not standing out in experience, then you'll very soon and very quickly be forgotten. So that that would be my comeback. And to say that actually, can we quantify it without looking at deliverables and goals? In this conversation here on on a live podcast, no. But if you say this is this is what we want to deliver. For example, I was working with them at a boutique hotel over in Budapest. And the the brief was, was that they wanted to create partnerships in the local area, the local establishment. They had their hotel and they also had a speakeasy bar down the road from the hotel, right? Very, very cool. But they weren't getting really the guest footfall through the hotel. Their other goal was that they wanted to establish partnerships in the local area. So what we did was we did some like theatre at the doors. We took mixologists to the doors of the hotel. They created cocktails every night for the guests at their doors. And then they'd slip them a napkin with a card for the speakeasy bar down the road. 
But rather than directing people to the speakeasy bar, it directed them to their next clue. So we gamified the experience. You know, we took them to the next clue, which could be X restaurant. So they go to X restaurant and then they give them the next clue. So it was kind of like, we called it the journey to the speakeasy bar, right? And what happened was they then got voucher codes for each of those establishments along the way, which then increased spend with local partnerships, got through the doors at the speakeasy bar. So it's what I'm saying is you can't quantify the ROI without saying this is the goal and this is what we want to achieve. And sometimes people don't even know what the goal is. They just Mm -hmm. come and go, we want to do something experientially brilliant and unique for our guests. They talk about it time and time again, which is the scroll stopping moments that feeds back on social media. So I think, you know, it's very, it's very easy to say, how can we quantify it? But without, without going into depth in those conversations, there's no way you possibly can, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does. I think, um, you know, life is about experiences and, you know, they, they are the things that we remember for sure. Um, the run of the mill stuff, you know, your day to day stays. I know what you're saying with the professional stays, you know, can you turn that into a leisure stay? Or more importantly, you know, if you can still create an experience for a professional stay, there's a good chance that they're going to rebook the week after and the week after and the week after. Have you, um, have you seen anything change sort of pre-COVID, post-COVID in terms of behaviours? I think so, yeah. I think as consumers in, in general, we've become way more conscious of the brands that we buy from and the people that we choose to do business with. You know, we're not just looking at what they're talking about with that, their hotel or their brand. We're looking at, you know, do they follow through with those values? You know, you say you're a sustainable business, but are you? You say that, you know, this is something that's important to you, but does it run through everything you do or is it just a checkbox? So I think we're way more conscious of, what people say they are versus actually are they, how people treat their people and their employers and their and the guests and their customers. Um, and yeah, I think I think we are way more um powerful as consumers over where we spend our money. And and brands need to respond to that because we are very much in a time where the customer has power. And in order to, you know, attract that customer, we need to know what they feel and what they need. And I definitely think that the pandemic has impacted that. Wouldn't you say so as well? Yeah, yeah, I think, um, you know, the guests, I think the the guest demands, uh, if that's the right word, has definitely heightened. I think um, prior to COVID, you could get away with, you know, substandard properties, not furnished very well, and, you know, not much in them. But I think now it is very much the, the game switched. And I think the professional operators, I think now you've got to be a professional operator if you want to succeed. I think, um, you can't just do this as a side hustle anymore and make, you know, a bit of pocket money. I think, you know, you've got to be having a brand and you've got to, you know, make sure that you're, you're delivering experiences and delivering good quality service. And that has definitely, you know, lifted in terms of the level that we're now having to compete at to, to keep driving the revenue through and keep getting the bookings and the occupancy. And I think, like anything, Everyone disappeared when it was tough, but now it's, I wouldn't say it's easy because it's not, but now that the market's come back and travel's come back, you're starting to see a lot of people flooding back into the market. So there is a lot more competition there. Um, I know I've personally spent a lot of money recently on how we present ourselves um, in terms of our brand. And that is, you know, starting to pay dividends because, again, that's just trying to get ahead of the competition and get ahead of the norm. So I'm all in favor of doing something that does separate you from the norm. 
I think my concern would always be the practicality of implementing it on a large scale basis. So I think, you know, a boutique hotel, as you mentioned before, doing it and that gamified. It's funny, I did, um, we did a thing in Dubai, which was very similar, where we had to go to another bar and get a clue and yeah. end up around Dubai. And it was, you know, it was a great experience. And I remember it, right? So that was like 12 years ago. Um, but I think, you know, for, you know, someone like myself who's got, you know, several hundred uh, units, it's like, how do you implement that across that to then still deliver that and make sure that every single stay operates the same process, get the same service levels, get the same experience so that, you know, it's like the Apple store, isn't it? You go in one Apple store in New York, it's the same as going in an Apple store in Newcastle or London or China, or they're all the same field. For absolute sure. And I think like, but that just comes down to staff training and how you manage the processes behind it. Um, it's something like, yeah, of course, the example that I gave that was, at, you know, a boutique hotel, but it can absolutely work at, at mass scale. It's just a different design concept. It's a different need. It's a different mm. scale of brand. Um, and then it's, you know, how do you implement that through your teams to make sure that everyone's playing their part because everyone's responsible for guest experience, right? It's not just the CEO, it's not just the marketing team, it's it's not just the the cleaners, it's everybody that's responsible for it. So I think, you know, when you're working at that scale, you decide what it is that you want to achieve. That's where I come in. Um, and then we, you know, we create ideas, we create formulas, we and it's not just about creating ideas as well. You know, this has to be backed by methodology and research into what makes people buy ultimately because that's you know that's what you're doing you're creating unique experiences to surprise delight but ultimately you're, you're in business so yeah, yeah yeah I just want to pick up on one thing you said there about you know everybody is ex- everybody is responsible for the experience because I literally had a meeting with my team in Dubai yesterday everybody in and you know I had you know accountants in there I had SEO specialists in there and then I had the guest handling team and the cleaning team and stuff. And it was a case of there is nothing more important than the guest from sure. the minute they make a book into the minute they leave and afterwards. And, you know, if you see the phone ringing and there's not a guest handler there to answer it, you need to answer it. If, you know, if there's a problem with a guest, we've got to sort it. And, you know, my words were exactly that. There's nothing yeah. more important than the guest's experience. And all of us have to work together because, yeah, all right, your role might not be guest handling, but if we let a guest down and ultimately we lose money, it means I can't give you a pay rise. You know, if we let a guest down and they write us a bad review, it means we'll get less bookings. I can't give you a bonus. You know, so everyone's all connected in some way or form to the guest experience. Absolutely. You know, you focus on that as, you know, clearly you do in in your training and stuff with with the whole team. And I think you start to make some serious moves in your business. A hundred percent. And I mean, you know, like I work with luxury brands as well. So, you know, I've done work with Aston Martin. I've done work with Lamborghini. I've worked with Kempinski Hotels. I've worked with Warner. So, you know, I've worked with Boutique and I've worked with, you know, major, major global brand. And it it is, it's, it's getting that drilled into people that, People will spend millions of pounds on marketing, right? But ultimately, your people that are spending money with you are your customers, right? So they have to be your sole focus because it's them that are spending the money with you. So ultimately, like a guest experience doesn't stand out. It doesn't differentiate. 
And that's another thing as well. When people say I'm in it, it's, a, it's about being better than my competition. I'm like, well, it's kind of not because if you're trying to be the best in hospitality or the top in Dubai, for example, or what, whatever it is, that's not measurable because the best to me is different to the best to you and the best to your next guest. It's not a measurable thing. It's just that I want to be the best. I want to be better than X. But if you can be different, yeah. that's measurable because nobody else is doing different. Nobody else is doing the same different that you're doing. That's where you differentiate and you stand out, right? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. I think you, you always measure the best on biggest, largest, most yeah. property, most revenue. But yeah, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that... Um, you know, you're creating good experiences for people to remember. I think um, there's there's definitely balance. Where do you where do you see things going over the next sort of I don't know one two years, the next five years, ten years in terms of you know this sort of guest experience and just accommodation in total in in general? Because I think there is a bit of a shift away from hotels. I'm starting to see, and I think a lot of hotels are starting to panic a bit from the traditional style model of hotels. I think, again, we're seeing like differentiators and, you know, we're seeing resorts. I, I put a post out maybe a month or so ago about providing unique accommodation types within larger resorts. So, for example, like tree houses and um, shepherd's huts and, you know, pods and all kinds of things that provide something different for the experiential traveller. But there's no denying that there are multiple hotel openings all around the world. We only have to go on LinkedIn in the morning, scroll, and you'll see that there's like 50 new hotel openings, 100 new hotel openings. The key will be standing out and differentiating because if you've seen a luxury hotel, then you, you see another luxury hotel. There are some people that I think are really innovating right now. There's some fantastic resorts over in the Maldives where they have singular focus on one thing. So one of them is immersive arts. Another one of them immersive well-being they, they focus on a singular thing and they take control of that thing um so I think maybe sometimes rather than being that like master of everything it's like really homing in on like well what is this for and how can we differentiate and stand apart so I think that we will see more differentiated specialized niche experiences within resorts and hotels um I think service delivery has to continue to rise because our expectations as consumers are continuing to rise so we have to meet people where they are and then exceed them and then some more because people don't compare the experience that they've just had with the last hotel they compare it with every experience they've ever had so, for example, I know you're over in Dubai, you know, somebody could come and stay in your accommodation, have a fantastic experience. They might have just been at the Burj and thought, right, that's the last experience I've had. How does this compare to that experience or vice versa? So, you know, it, it, it's not just about where they've stayed before. It's about well, what else are they consuming? Where else are they going? What brands are they shopping with? Did they have a great experience in Louis Vuitton and now their experience of, service delivery is like this and then they go to a, a short-term rental or a hotel and nobody even says hello on check-in do you know what I mean so yeah. we have to really think about what these people are experiencing and you know there's all this talk about automation automation which I, I believe to an extent will escalate across the industry but there is going to be no replacement for human touch and human conversation because we can't get that intelligence without understanding where our guests have just been and what they've just done. Um, and that only comes through human discussion and human connection. So, yeah. yeah. That, that was going to be one of my next questions is, you know, short-term renting in particular is going, you know, very, very automated. I mean, even some of the, you know, the bigger hotel chains. I know I was in London 
probably last year and uh, you know download the app you get your room key on the app on your phone you don't need to go to the front reception you go straight in your room you check in it gets you in the gym and for me given that that's what i was there to do business trip just wanted to go to my room wanted to go to the gym that was perfect for me i didn't want to stand in a queue i didn't want to talk to anybody you know so where do you where do you think that kind of fits in all of this because i know personally i am you know, a big fan of technology and automation in my businesses because I think it helps the scalability of it. Um, But you're kind of saying, you know, you need that human touch. So where where does that all piece in? Where does it all fit in your kind of world? Yeah, well, it it all pieces in. So I'm a big fan of technology as well. You know, I've got VR headsets and God, I've I've done so many different, I've been over to the VR park in Dubai. I've done VR experiences over in the state. Like I, I love technology. And I think technology is a great enabler to like you say scale businesses and it's a great way to do it where we can get information we can get information on our guests our customers however I think very much particularly on social media right how often do you see posts that they're very polarized it's like is it human connection or is it technology and it's like well it kind of doesn't have to be one or the other they need to integrate seamlessly with each other you know I think it was Steve Jobs wasn't it that said you have to start with the human experience and work back to the technology not the other way around right and he was a pretty smart guy right so I think like if you can integrate the two I don't think that technology is going to take over every human job we're in hospitality for goodness sake you know the very heart of hospitality is in human connection but we can be smart with the parts of the processes that require technology to enable us to free up time for the resource to provide that human connection, great. And I think they'll go hand in hand for a long time. Yeah, no, it's um, certainly a good explanation. It is. Um, I think, uh, you know, you are right there. You know, you, you kind of replace the human element. Um, and, you know, it, it, I forgot about a quote from Steve Jobs, but it just makes total sense. You know, it really does. Um, bless him. But, but um, Listen, I know you're a busy lady and um, I'm sure you've got a million things to do, but you've been, you know, shared some absolutely wonderful uh, tips. How can people get in touch with you if they want to know more about you or more about your services? Um, They can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. I'm on there with Victoria Tail UK. Um, My website is victoriatail.uk. And yeah, you'll just find me on all the socials at, at the same place. Super. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No problem. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Thank you. You too. If you are enjoying the show, then I would really appreciate a review. And for doing so, I am going to reward one lucky person with an hour's one-to-one phone call with myself to discuss anything to do with your life or business and try and help you move it forward in a positive direction. All you have to do is leave a review Take a photograph of it and tag me on Instagram at official Ryan Luke and I will pick out the lucky winner towards the end of the month.